You're listening to Legends Cast, a podcast about the cards, the meta, and the community of the Legends of Runeterra. This episode is brought to you by listeners like you. To become a supporter of the show, visit patreon.com slash legendscast. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Legends Cast, a podcast about the legends of Brundera. My name is Mark, or the lift from outside of Pittsburgh, PA, and with me tonight is my eternally optimistic and catastrophically creative co-host, Gibbles and Bits. Gibbles and Bits, how you doing tonight, bro? I'm good, I'm good. I am broadcasting live from a new house, new location, states away. It's been it's been a busy week. I moved from Delaware with my wife to Memphis, Tennessee. And if the reason you're wondering why the audio may sound a little different, may be a little fuzzy, it's because I don't have any of my stuff yet. All of it arrives this weekend. So I've been sitting on the floor, working my way through my regular job and also recording with headphones that I typically wouldn't. So I apologize, apologies to the listeners out there if the audio sounds a bit off from the good quality you're used to. Yeah, but we wanted to be able to ship you guys some content because there's lots of things to talk about on LOR. And so we did a mic check earlier and uh, I said, I think I can doctor up your your audio a little bit, Gibby. And also, you know, hey, maybe his S's will, whis- will whistle a little bit. Just avoid all words with S's and don't scream and we're totally safe. I will avoid doing that and all words that Oh, I, I missed. I, I, nothing can be a plural. I can't. I, it's so hard to avoid everything that has, has that letter in it. Yeah, you literally no no plurals at all. In I tried. Hey, I got through like ten words. I wasn't bad. I also thought about. Yeah. I was like, what if? I was like, maybe I have to change my intro now because I'm about fifteen minutes outside of uh, Memphis. I was like, do I need to be uh, Brendan, aka Gibbles and Bits, hailing from outside, uh, just outside of Memphis, Tennessee? I mean, you you could be, yeah. I mean, I if you don't want the uh, the catastrophic catastrophically creative uh, adjectives being used, uh, no, yeah, you no, could. That's that's a part of my identity. I got to keep that. <laughs> no, that that has to stay. That has to stay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, man. I I gotta say, I am impressed. If I had just moved and I was just sitting on, you're like on a tile floor right now, aren't you? You're just like crisscross applesauce on a hard floor. Uh, just, just, just because that's how much we love this community and that's how much we wanted to talk about LOR. We were, we were willing to go the extra mile today. So thanks for me. I mean, I could have talked about all these cards by myself, but that would have just been boring. No Not one a wants chance. to do that. Right? Not a yeah. chance. And, and just before, <laughs> just before we get into the, uh, the cards, I do want to have one quick plug. We are in the midst of of starting up our next Legends Cast Discord League. Uh, yes. we, have been, we have been brainstorming and polling on our Discord for new ideas and formats in which we are going to uh, to run it with. And it seems like we've settled on a almost fantasy football draft-style uh, event where we are going to throw all of the champions in a pool. And some of the kinks, I think, are still work, being worked out by... Our, our fearless leader Jonathan C, who has uh, stepped up to to lead this this uh, Legends Cast Discord League season. So thank you again, Jonathan, for all of your hard work. Uh, you've you've also had some some help from some very key members of our community and trying to organize this as well. But we eventually are going to get everybody together and we are going to draft champions. And you are going to go kind of in a snake draft style in a random order that's going to be determined, and you'll have your champions and. 
those are the only ones you'll be allowed to play with and maybe some extra additional rules in there like uh they're they're, they're talking about maybe doing a a free agency pool where you can swap in and out some champions that don't get drafted that are extras but we'll cross that bridge when we get there and the official rules come out but if you're interested in playing our legends cast discord league highly recommend it would totally encourage it it's a lot of fun it's a great way to test your deck building skills play something that's a little outside of the norm and also build community and make some friends in our discord league uh in our discord server i should say i've i've made a lot of friends that i talk to all the time from our discord league uh, from previous seasons, and it really helps you get ingrained in what is what I believe is one of the best Discord communities out there on our server. So come check it out. We'd love to have you. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Discord League will probably, we haven't actually discussed this yet. I'm going to discuss it with Jonathan. It'll have some sort of a prize pool. Uh, may not be as big as previous prize pools have been, but there's going to be some sort of a prize pool for the winner. Um, and and I'm really personally excited about this. We had some voting and it was kind of down between this sort of like you had to do like a champ lineup like you would in League with five champions um, that would be in kind of like a League of Legends lineup would have um, five different champs. But then I realized what the draft was, which is, like you said, this really interesting sort of snake drafting idea where, where literally uh, we will have a live thing happening throughout the day um, and it will happen for a couple of days and you'll get pinged when it's your turn. You have to look and pick a champion. Each champion will be able to be picked twice. So you'll be able to, you know, if your champion gets grabbed, one of the ones that you wanted doesn't mean that you can't get a chance to grab it. You will draft until you've drafted six different champions and then all of your decks have to work with those six different champions and you can have up to three copies of them in your deck. We'll do best of three format with your drafted decks uh, over in the client. And so you'll play a match a week and uh, report your scoring, who won, who lost. And then, you know, we'll have a couple of rounds and then semifinals and quarterfinals, semifinals and, and a, and a finals. And so really excited about that. The discord leagues have been fun. This one is definitely the most creative and elaborate setup out of all of the leagues, and my hat's off to Jonathan C., who's willing to help set it up and make it happen, and Gangsta Bob, who actually wrote all of the rules for it um, and sort of, you know, got the ball rolling on this shared, this sort of drafting thing. I, I've never been a fantasy person, but I have played Fantasy League of Legends and participated in a couple of drafts. And honestly, just the fact that you're doing this, like, cool drafting of the champions you're going to use in your decks is literally is what is making me like want to try this out which is really cool so be sure to check it out go over and join us on discord there's a link in the description of this episode um and uh, and yeah come hang out with us and and join the discord league i think there's like a reaction rules um under uh under the runeterra section for the league you just have to re respond to it to get the uh, league player role and once you have that you'll be able to join in on the discord league and I, is it season seven or season eight I don't even I don't even know. I was thinking about that as I started talking about the Legends Cast Discord League, and I, I think this is L LCDL uh, seven. Seven. I yeah, seven. I think this is seven. Seven. It could be. I think it is. I I, I think it is as well. Yeah. Um, seven. It could be eight. I, I'm not real sure. It's hard to remember. I know Gangsta Bob won one. I know Nerf Lulu won three. Um, I know uh, Hemex loved uh, a one one. Um, and then he won the EU one season one as well. And so 
uh, yeah, it's going to be coming up. We're excited for it. It's right around the corner. But we can't spend all of our time just talking about the Discord League, although we would like to because there is a tremendous number of new cards that are going to be coming out mere hours after this episode releases. So theoretically, this episode will be going out on Wednesday uh, morning and uh, you're just uh, honestly less than 12 hours from when we're recording it. I'm going to try to get it out. And then uh, just maybe six or eight hours after this episode releases, these cards that we're about to talk about and give you hot takes on will be released for you to play with. So just please keep in mind that when we talk about these cards, we have no statistical evidence whatsoever that they work or that our thoughts are true. No one has been able to touch them or play with them really. I think, uh, what, today, Silver Fuse and a couple of other players got early access to them where they could jump in and experiment with them in sort of like a test server scenario because yeah, I absolutely. saw a bunch of streamers with that. Um, but I didn't watch any of that, so I really genuinely do not know uh, what to expect or, or what might come out of these cards. But let's dive in and start a conversation with them. Gibby, um, would you want to open the conversation and chat with us about the uh, one of the newest keywords, the Evolve keyword? Tell us a little bit about that and how that links to the champion Kaisa. Sure. So the Evolve keyword is uh, one of the two new keywords that comes with this patch. Uh, Evolve reads, I have plus two plus two once you've given or summoned allies with six plus other unique positive keywords this game. So positive keywords, I'll kind of discuss because there's less of them on the antithesis side, the negative keywords. So there's the immobile or can't attack or can't uh, defend, um, vulnerable. Those I think are being some frostbitten of the is technically a negative keyword too. Ephemeral is also one, yeah. Yeah, ephemeral. Uh, I don't think fleeting is one. I don't think fleeting is a, technically a keyword, but there are negative keywords that impact your ability to, to have all the functions of the basic functions of a Runeterra card in play. Um, so not counting those. So when we're talking about positive keywords, talking about quick attack, we're talking about uh, a tune. We're looking at scout, challenger, uh, tough. Yeah. So all those sorts of keywords. So you get... I. Uh, if you if a unit has evolved once you've summoned allies or given allies six different positive unique keywords this game then everything that has evolved in it has plus two plus two so kaisa has that ability built in and let's roll right into the discussion around kaisa and her package here yeah so i'll say this about evolve before we describe it it reminds yeah. me at least a little bit about uh, a little bit of deep, right? Because deep is basically once you go deep, every one of your creatures get plus three, plus three. Obviously, the deep creatures already start statistically large. So if you give them all plus three, plus three, they're enormous and very hard to defeat. Not ne not true with Kaisa and, and her characters, right? A lot of these characters that have evolved aren't going to have you know, massive stat lines. Um, some of them are going to be pretty large. You do get less bonus for playing the six keywords, but you do have the benefit that you're actively playing, you know, six positive keywords, whereas with deep, you're not doing that, right? With deep, you're you're not playing right. positive keywords. You're trying to, you know, shred your deck. So I think it's an interesting mechanic. I'll say this. It was a little more boring than I expected it to be because Kaisa is such a fan favorite champion. I mean, this is like, this is the face of Legends of Runeterra in many ways right now is Kaisa. And so... I expected them to be all in on Kaisa. I genuinely did not expect Kaisa to be the first champion revealed. I thought she was going to be held to be the third champion revealed. 
which was a little surprising to me. Um, and we can get into what she does and how that might work and why I'm confused about it. Um, but, uh, but yeah, you, I, I just thought I would share a few thoughts on, on Evolve and, you know, how it works and maybe what it's comparable. To. I, I've just seen some people comparing it to Deep, I, you know, and I think it has more to do with the type huh. of characters, the type of cards that actually have Evolve than it does the keyword itself or the, the function of the keyword itself. Yeah, I mean, and a lot of her packages are very kind of like dark and like monstrous and abomination based. So it does definitely even even in feel kind of has that deep, uh, some of those deep comparisons because it is all kind of like bestial and dark and void. Uh, but I didn't, I hadn't thought about kind of that comparison to it. It's also funny that with, I mean, we're going to get to all three of the champions, but with Kaisa and Evelyn and um, Gwen, Gwen. Gwen, like. What's interesting about it to me is when a long time ago, when the KDA set came out for, for Runeterra, everyone was so upset that there was like a departure from what everybody who is familiar before Runeterra knows these really cool female iconic champions to be with mm. their different flavors and they are so different. And then to be thrown into like a K-pop band and all kind of lose a little bit of what makes them unique and all kind of look very neutral and normal and different from what they really are. I, I didn't get the upset nature of this alternate universe that people were like mad that the KDA set with these cool champions made it into the game first and not the actual champions. I get mm -hmm. it now. I totally get it now because I think all three of these champions are immensely unique and just so cool in flavor. So I I, I get why people were upset about KDA to begin with, but um, I'm happy that we have these champions now. And sure. I've also been waiting for Void because I just think though I've been re was reading a little bit about Void. I think Void is really, really cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think everyone's. I think everyone in the they're sitting back saying like, why didn't we get Void instead of Bandle City? Why isn't Bandle City this set, you know, that can you know you put out cards that can go into multiple regions? Uh, I, I'm sure that there was a very real reason behind the scenes that the dev developers team did that, right? That's obviously somebody mm -hmm. had that conversation somewhere along the way. It's not like there was never a conversation in a boardroom that was like, well, what if whenever we do these smaller sets, we started putting out these multi-region champions? Um, or or like, turtles. Oh, I never thought of that. Them, right? Yeah, 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 like, uh, and we make Void the last. Obviously, there was a strategic reason as to why they made that decision. I'm not necessarily calling it to question. I'm just saying that my personal preference is these Void cards are really cool, and I was not super hyped for the uh, the design and the... It wasn't even the design of the cards. Like, I like Pokey Stick and Gnar and, and stuff enough. It was more of, like, the aesthetic wasn't, like, thrilling to me. Like, Battle City's aesthetic wasn't thrilling to me. Whereas the Void aesthetic is so cool. Um, yeah, just super, super cool. But go ahead. Why don't you tell us about Kaisa, what she does, and we can dive into her package as well. Sure. So Kaisa is a five mana four four from Sharima. Didn't I didn't see that coming just based on the look off of the look of her. But I guess you have to put yep. it in something if you're not gonna have void as a uh as a region. So Kaisa is a five mana four four with quick attack and evolve. Uh when I'm summoned or round start, if you have the attack token, so similar to uh what Aurelia in that way, um she kind of has the same same kind of text. 
Um, when I'm summoned mm-hmm. or round start, if you have the attack token, create a second skin in hand. A second skin is a focus spell that costs zero. It's fleeting. Um, that says grant allied kaisis everywhere another ally's positive keywords. So keywords. So like if you have uh, an ally that has two or two keywords, and you use this focus spell on those two, on that unit that has two keywords. It will grant those two keywords to any Kaisa copies anywhere in, the, in, the, in your deck. So if you, if you have your first copy of Kaisa out and you get a bunch of keywords on her, even if she dies, by the time you find your second or third copy, they'll also have stacked with all these different keywords. It almost look like Pantheon coming down to the board or, mm-hmm. or uh, just any of the other kind of keyword stacking victors or anything, whatever you want to call it. Which was one of the synergies too. people mentioned immediately was either Victor or or Pantheon. I think before we knew what Evelyn did, there's some clear intentionality with Evelyn and Kaisa, I think. But, um, but yeah, I think that, that people immediately said, well, this goes well with Pantheon, right? And Pantheon goes well with Evolve because he gets a whole bunch of keywords and you need those keywords to be able to get Evolve. Um, so, yeah. Or Absolutely. even the um, even the the Sharima unit. Or no, he's a, is he a Sharima unit or is he a Bandle unit? The the big guy. Uh, he's like the eight cost unit that uh, gets a keyword for every single landmark that you've destroyed. The Arsenal. Uh, and yes. the Arsenal is uh, Arsenal is a Sharima unit. Um, so, so there you go. He, he could be he could be both. It's it's so hard to remember. There's so many cards in the game at this point. Uh, I'd have to. I can pull up the game and double check that while you're while you're you know talking about your opinion on Kaisa and stuff here, but I sure. think it's a Sharima only unit. Yeah, let me keep going through her package. So she levels up when you're evolved, and we talked about evolved being um, she gets when when you've when you've played six keywords, six positive different keywords at some point in the game. Uh, she would then get put two plus two plus two on top of her leveled version, which is important to know because she doesn't gain any stats from. Mm-hmm. Her leveled up, her level one version to her flipped version. She stays at a four four with both of the same quick attack and evolve keywords. But her text changes, and she says, "When I'm summoned around start, if you have the attack token, create a second skin in hand." That's the same, but she gains the a skill effect that says attack deal one for each positive keyword I have to enemies or the enemy nexus lowest health first. What's cool about that is you can math it out as long as you're opponent doesn't have any tricks up their sleeve where like there's any like kind of self-changing like a troll chant would throw this off or um, uh-huh. if they if they gave like if they played shield of durand on something of theirs if you're trying to math it out where you're like okay it'll kill that unit then it'll kill that unit then it'll hit the face and then it'll it'll hit the face again for like this amount like you're trying to math it out they can play things uh encounter of you in order to stop to change the ordering in which Kaisa's deal, damage dealing flipped hits. However, you can do the same thing. If you play a Noxian Fervor, or if you play, I don't know, a, a Pokey Stick on something, or a Mystic Shot on a unit, you can change their health and make them now the primary target when the attack resolves that Kaisa will hit first. So you do have some control to kind of change your fate here in a way, which is cool. Uh, yeah. Kaisa's... So- Real quick, Arsenal is actually Bandle City, uh, is okay. not Shrima. I, I literally, I've never played a deck with Arsenal in it, so the only decks I've ever played against 
always had Sharima in it. So I just assumed it was Sharima because I've never played the card myself. Uh, but yes, it's uh, the Arsenal is a Bandal City, a Bandal City unit, just typically played with Sharima because that's the home of, you know, the best landmarks typically, uh, or at least the most that you can easily destroy. Right. You end up using all the landmarks with Ziggs and what, and what have you to destroy them. So, uh, so her, her champion spell is uh, called Kaisa Supercharge, which is a focus spell that says for three mana, grant an ally Overwhelm and Spell Shield, which let's talk about that card for a second. Yeah, you know what? That's I, nutty. <laughs> yeah, yeah, honestly, so my, I have more thoughts on, on Supercharge than I do on Kaisa. Like, I agree. Kaisa's, Kaisa's fine. Like, whatever. Like, yeah. She's cool, like, her art's cool, her level-up animation is super, super cool. Um, I don't think she's going to be that hard to level up. I think spreading keywords out, especially if you're going to be running them with any of the Evelyn Husk package, which we'll talk about here in a little bit, I think will be relatively easy to get her leveled up. I don't think it would be all that difficult. Um, I think there is some other interesting things that you might be able to do with Evelyn. Uh, you could obviously play Kaisa in conjunction with Targon, and you can run Pantheon and maybe run Kaisa as a late game thing. But I really do feel like Kaisa does want to come down and level up as close to five as she can, um, and then and then be usable. She doesn't seem like a, a card that you're going to want to bomb on turn eight, nine, or ten and expect her to close out the game for you. I could be wrong about that. Um, there's definitely some cool synergy here with the second skin and the ability to, you know, grab keywords off of other things and put them on Kaisa. I'm all for the playing around with keywords. Um, I think that is a cool and interesting play play style. I think uh, I, in, I I really like it. I didn't even hate Pantheon. Um, in the Pantheon decks, I actually thought Pantheon was very cool, and I've always thought Pantheon was balanced. It was always Wounded White Flame or the one drop that has, uh, you know, the plus one, plus one every time you target it. That I just don't think a one drop should be able to flat out win you a game no matter what it is. Um, sure. And so I, I, I actually had the biggest problem in my time of playing against the one drop. Um, if you just couldn't Saga get it Seeker. removed in time. Yeah, Saga Seeker. Um, that was my biggest issue with that deck. So uh, I, I think that. I don't know. The problem is, right, will will this ever be better than Zoe Pantheon, Kaisa Pantheon? Eh, it's kind of hard to tell, right? Like, despite how good this is, uh, Zoe Pantheon enables you to go to, you know, Demacia and pick up the, you know, the other things that you want. Um, whereas Kaisa Pantheon isn't going to enable you to do that quite as easily. So it might be harder to level up Pantheon, which in turn will make it harder to level up Kaisa. So Kaisa could be a little shoehorned into working with Evelyn. Um, and not that I'm even necessarily 100% against that. I've voiced my opinion several times on the show about not loving when they force two champions together. I do think the larger the card pool has gotten, the less that has bothered me, only because it hasn't been as... Uh, it, I feel like it hasn't been as printed quite as heavily. Like, cards haven't been forced into things quite as heavily as they used to be. And the larger card pool does make their make it so that there's more tools that are out there to play around with that you can make, you know, counter meta decks uh, out of champions that aren't playing with what would typically have been designed as their optimal champion to play alongside. So uh, just looking sure. at what we've seen so far, I do think Kaisa Evelyn is going to be probably the strongest version. Um, I could be missing something, too. So... It is it is hard to say, but it, it I'm not wrong, right? It looks like those two were built to go together. 
I mean, it's going to be, it is a bit randomized to me. I mean, Evelyn's, well, we'll get to Evelyn's package, but like in certain cases, and I think in a lot of cases, you don't really have control over what husks get summoned yeah, that's, from some that's of the fair. other cards. So it's a bit randomized. You end up, could you could end up pulling the same keyword, which really doesn't progress um, Kaisa. Kaisa too much. Um, what's crazy to me, and or also, well, not crazy to me, I, I really thought, um, a, a thought that went through my brain, and I wish that it was a little different in um, in the mana cost. If Heimerdinger wasn't the same cost as 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 Kaisa, being able to summon all of the different machines or turrets that have different keywords to them would also be a really good way to get a bunch of keywords out there. Well, that's that's true. That could be a really interesting uh, way but to go you about could, it. Yeah, you could just run surge production. Um. Or product production shirt production surge oh surge God, it's the s's it's the s's right uh <laughs> i warned you about them now you can't use you, them yeah go ahead. You, you did how am i supposed to talk about any of these cards supercharge and production surge uh i mean that would give you several units out there that have different keywords to them but that's also another randomized thing i'm almost thinking that it's got to be with p and z and maybe even some um you play some low cost units that even got attuned to them or i think the tunes Attunes, no, Attunes is just flat out and build water. Um, but you could run things that have a little bit of elusive to it. I mean, Victor comes down on four and he's got, um, he's got a, not a tune, um, augment to him, which is another positive keyword. And he's also gaining more keywords that aren't augment. Like, I think he's also a pretty good fit too, um, to be able yeah. to, to get a lot of these down. I don't think. From looking at it though like you because you can't like it would be different to me and i think she would feel more shoehorned into evelyn if you could main deck the husks but i don't think you can i think they're all just no some yep. yeah and we'll get to the yeah and we'll get to those in a minute but you're right uh i did review one of the husks on my stream last week and i thought at that moment it was main deckable but i didn't realize that they don't have gems on them so i don't believe they are main deckable um, no before we move probably on i do want to yeah, I agree. I do want to talk about supercharge real quick. The fact that supercharge, oh, is, the fact that supercharge is focus speed. Uh, it's that three mana. It's, it's her champion spell. It's three mana yep. focus speed, and you get to give it, give a unit overwhelm and spell shield. So you can throw supercharge on an ally to give it overwhelm and spell shield permanently. It's grant to give it overwhelm yep. and spell shield, and then if it's on your attack turn or round start for that matter. Uh, it's round start if you have the attack token or you play Kaisa, you go supercharge at focus speed and then you create a second skin and then you second skin on that unit. Kaisa now has uh, Overwhelm and Spell Shield, arguably the two best keywords in the game. She's now got Quick Attack, she's got Evolve, she's got Overwhelm, and she's got Spell Shield. There's two And, and likely a, a keyword from second skin from somebody else. Uh, who is on your board as well, right? Whether that's a husk or another character, um, you know, picking up. Uh, yeah, I, I don't even know what it, you know, uh, what it was that you would you would pick up from somebody else. But whether you tried to pick up Scout or you tried to pick up, um, you know, uh, Tough or or something like that with Second Skin, you can pick up another keyword pretty quickly too. Right. So, like, I mean, all you have to, all you would have had to have done is played a keyword on one. A keyword on two, or somewhere between one and four, played two keywords, banked three mana. 
by turn five in your in your mana slot, uh, in your spell mana. Play Kaisa on five to be able to supercharge second skin another ally, and she's leveled upon coming down, essentially. Um, and you're swinging with her evolved, and it's it's off to the races. She's got a bunch of keywords on her. It's mm-hmm. you can't touch her. She's got overwhelm, and she's got quick attack, and she gets a bonus from the evolve. So she's a unless she has any other bonuses too. She's a six six with quick attack over and overwhelm, and you can't touch her because she's got spell shield. Yeah. And obviously this works with Kaisa, but Supercharge works with any champion. Um, and so, you know, I oh, think there not. are, yeah, I think there are a lot of uh, things here that people look at and say like, well, what, do, you know, what, what are we, <laughs> what are we doing with this? Because, uh, you know, my, my immediate thing, I was like, oh, okay, I'll make Akshan Lee Sin, right? Akshan Lee Sin was already mm-hmm. an almost viable deck, um, but it was sometimes hard to actually get, uh, overwhelm on your champion because you had to play uh, whatever the the crossbow is right um, in in Shrima that it yeah the absolver and now I don't I can run absolver because it does increase my attack which is not bad for Lee Sin but I don't have to right so now I can play supercharger or supercharge and I can give with one fail swoop without my opponent being able to address it. Let my opponent spell their mana, play my leveled Lee Sin, drop this, uh, and then drop, you know, the beginning of next turn, drop this on my on my Lee Sin at focus speed. And it is extremely difficult to deal with barrier spell shield at the same time, um, which is why, you know, oftentimes Zoe Lee Sin found a place because Bastion was plus one, plus one in spell shield at burst speed. Mm-hmm. And this is your way of saying like, no, nah, it, it's not burst speed. There is a difference. You can't trick people. That does matter. But this does go on all the time before you do get hit by things that would come out at burst speed, which is very few of. There was a season when Mini Morph was kind of a really strong card. I would say that Mini Morph is kind of taking a backseat, but you throw this on before you would get targeted with a Mini Morph. Um, you know, you're going to throw this on before any other burst speed removal or counter to your deck. You throw this on before you're going to get hit with a frostbite, um, which obviously you can do with a card like Bastion, but you're less likely to do it frequently before before the attack. So, yeah, it's very easy to drop this and then maybe drop another burst speed spell like the Absolver on your Lee Sin and get that OTK off. I think that there's a decent chance that Akshan Lee Sin or you could play a couple of different characters. I think Akshan makes the most sense because it gives you draw and lets you discover cards so and get it into your hand. There's a lot of Shariman cards that do allow you to discover as well. And with the place that um, cards like uh, Quicksand already are. Um, and now I know it got nerfed. I know it's not as good. But I think that Quicksand is pretty good in a deck that maybe runs you know, Eye of the Dragon and Lee Sin. It's still probably pretty good in that scenario. You now have the option of throwing Deny in, but you can also not throw Deny in, and you can throw in um, your uh, Force of... It's not Force of Will. That's a Magic Gathering card. Uh, The Shuriman counter spell, right? So you have a little bit more... Yeah, Rite of Negation. You have a little bit more freedom in that. So I think there is potentially something there um, in this, and, and you can give stuff vulnerable a little bit easier too, um, because there's a lot of vulnerable giving stuff. Um, I think, you know, there's uh, a couple of things that will increase uh, Lee Sin's attack in Shrima as well from the Renekton package. I just think that there's a tremendous amount of opportunity there with Supercharge with that or other champions. Honestly, Supercharge is, is probably, but yeah, it's probably busted on Sivir too. 
I mean, let's be real. It's probably busted on auction as well. Um, like it's probably really good there. Um, yep. There's just not many champions that you don't want to give spell shield and overwhelm to at focus speed. If you have supercharge in your deck, you can play Sivir on four without concern because by then, like you're like, oh, I want to make sure that I can get her level. But if you've got supercharge, um, if you've got supercharge, she comes down with spell shield already. So she comes down with spell shield. So they, if they peel it off, then you're like, great. Here I'm just going to play this spell again for three mana at focus speed and re-up her her spell shield and give her overwhelm. Oh, by the way, now I'm swinging at you with everything that I'm attacking you with. Also now has spell shield and overwhelm, which is always the goal, always has been the goal when it was Zed, Sivir, when it was I mean, even our, our Rose Buddies deck that DBN and I built a long time ago. Uh, whenever we would want to play, um, it was Sivir Darius or Sivir LeBlanc. Like whenever you were trying to play those decks, the whole goal, like the, one of the best keywords to give Sivir is overwhelmed because she passes it along and it's such a dangerous attack because she, she already has quick attack too. So you get quick attack, you get overwhelm, you get spell shield. And like that is almost a game ending combo. And we've seen that pulled off tried and true over and over again. Well, you're able to do it even easier now with Kaisa for one yep. mana more. That's like as, as uh, she said before, cost champion, you're putting on a five cost champion who's already got quick attack. So she's just going to get overwhelmed in Spell Shield, and she keeps it. It's not like it goes away after the attack is done, or like the turn ends. She keeps the Quick Attack and the Overwhelm and the Spell Shield. Like it's, it's very, very good. Yeah, I mean, you can look at the other cards in this package. Voidling, uh, one one for one with Evolve. Um, while in hand, you get a different keyword each round. Uh, there's a two mana three one with Evolve and Spell Shield. There's a four mana four four with Overwhelm and Evolve. Uh, a six mana three three evolve that uh, play uh, grant a unit uh, and me each other's positive keywords. You can sort of you know, give keywords around uh, the big boy, right? The void abomination. We always get one of these eight mana five fourth evolve. Uh, when I'm summoned, grant me all positive keywords. Allies have had this game, uh, and when I see an ally with a new positive keyword granted to me, you know, void abomination's cool. It, it probably is potentially strong because it likely does come down as an eight mana seven. You know, it likely comes down as an eight seven, mana six. seven six, right? Seven six, and it it very likely has overwhelm, quick attack, spell shield at the very least, right? If you're playing it with Kaisa, it probably has five or six more keywords on it, um, and so you you likely have a ton of keywords on that thing. It actually could be an eight drop that's a game ender. Um, the rest of the cards in the evolve package, I I'm like take it or leave it. I think you can probably find cards that aren't any of these that actually enable Kaisa maybe a little bit more easily than these. Like, I don't even know that I would run evolve as a keyword with the exception of Kaisa. And maybe if, if it was a meta that was slow enough and I needed a game closer that wasn't Kaisa, maybe void abomination. But I think the rest of the evolve cards, I don't know about you. I'm going to take it or leave it. Like none of them are overly impressive to me. I got two mana, three, one with spell shield. Eh, okay. So what? Like I'll find something else that, that I can drop that maybe is a little bit more menacing on two. Although a three one is good. Like, don't get me wrong. The, the two mana three one's not bad. Well, if you pull off the Kaisa combo with supercharge on five, as I kind of describe and level her, I really like Hive Herald as well. I think Hive Herald is it's also pretty a pretty dangerous card. I mean, you would assume if you're if you're involved at that point, then or you've played those things on any unit. I mean, 
Hive Herald most likely comes down with Quick Attack, comes down with Spell Shield and Overwhelm. Um, or anything else for that matter, if, you, if you've got it. I mean, but it, it kind of feels like it does a lot of the other things that mm-hmm. the other Evolve cards are going to do anyway and be able yeah. to share. But Hive Herald just feels, it makes it go backwards. It makes it that you can share Kaisa's stuff. All the benefits that you're stacking on Kaisa, Hive Herald can gain that from Kaisa. So it's a, it's a way to kind of return the favor and be able to distribute it elsewhere. Which is cool. Um, the stats are just a little a little weak for that. So I think she's yeah, got a cool package, but she's definitely an enabler. It feels like, or she, she's enabled heavily by other packages and other cards. Yeah, yeah. You're gonna have to build around her a little bit, right? You're not gonna get evolve and level off unless you are pretty intentional about getting those keywords down as quickly as possible. There will be someone who finds the best faction to com- combine her with. It gets your leveled as quickly as possible with, you know, turn one, two champions or, or creatures that have multiple keywords on them. Um, you know, there's not a ton of those out there, but there are some. Um, let's move on. Uh, the the next set of cards had the first husk in it, and we're not we'll we'll address husks later. And I, there's not even so many cards in here that like. Well, actually, there's a couple in here that are really interesting. Uh, I want to talk about the two landmarks specifically, though, um, the Trifarian Training Pits and the Windswept Hillock. Sure. Um, and I figure you probably have something to say about the Trifarian training pits. I could be wrong about that, but I, I could just see this as being maybe a bit of a Gibby card. Um, <laughs> I wonder, especially I'm, I'm with curious your as to what, I was like, I'm curious as to why you think, but I do like reputation. Um, this is, this is very clearly this. So Trifarian uh, training pits for those listening uh, who haven't seen the cards in front of them. It's a four mana, uh, Shere- or sorry, not Shere- It's a four mana Noxus spell. It's an epic uh, landmark, landmark yep. not a spell. Uh, each round, the first time an ally with five plus power attacks rallies. So it's very much a combo-y um, kind of steamroll card. It kind of feels like if you get some early game five cost units out um, and like you can attack with a five cost unit on four, you, you, you get your attack token, you drop the Trifarian training pits or you drop this on four and you get your attack token on five you attack something with five plus power, you can then do it again. This combo is really, really well with LeBlanc. Uh, I've seen some people talking about trying to run this in with, with Frail Yord and make a Yeti, make kind of the Yeti combos deck where it drops a bunch of five uh, five attack Yetis out on the board mm-hmm. early, like by, by turn three or four, uh, which is which is kind of a high roll, but, it's, but definitely can work. Um, there's a lot that you can do in here. I think the clear first combo is is Ash with LeBlanc, right? Um, both of those champions sure. want to attack multiple times. Ash can frost, you know, uh, frostbite multiple things. Um, they both are five attack. They both come down, you know, pretty early. Um, you know, you get your Lonk down, you get your Ash down, you drop this thing, you open attack, get a second attack. Your opponent's going to have a really, really hard time, you know, dealing with that, you know, that type of board presence until they can deal with this landmark. I feel like in many ways, yeah, maybe your opponent can wipe your board and clear some stuff, but the amount of pressure that's going to come out from a deck that's going to be running this card with, you know, a lot of five attack heroes and and cards in their deck, um, you're going to want to be able to find a way to remove this, right? There's going to be a, maybe not total inevitability, depending on what type your deck you're going to be playing, but I feel like you're, you're going to feel the pressure from this card at the very least, especially in some of these, you know, we also got the the Trifarian, uh, the, the rebuff on the other Trifarian that draws cards. 
Um, and so that card had always been really strong. Yeah, that, yeah, that card had always been very strong. And so now that it is, you know, taken back to some of its former glory, it combines with the deck that wants to run this, which I think is, uh, I, I've never minded that deck. I thought that was a pretty decent sort of uh, pretty aggressive aggro mid-range style deck. And I'm I'm totally down with seeing a little bit of a resurrection of that um, through maybe the use of this card. The hard question for me is going to be like, is that deck so refined already that this de this card just legitimately has a hard time to find a place in it? And is the loss because that deck's so tempo heavy, you're gaining a lot of tempo if you can get the benefit from this card. But if not, you're paying four mana to do nothing. And if you don't at least get one rally out of it, you've got to at least get one rally out of it. Like, if you can't get at least one rally, it's bad. If you can get two rallies, it's it's very strong. Um, what I'd be interested to see, and this is a bit of a stretch, but I would love to see someone try to pull this off and play around with this. This combos really well. Granted, it's like I said, it's two board spaces that get taken up. But this combos really well with the Grey Apothecary. The two mana Noxus spell that said, or landmark that says when an ally with five plus power dies, create a random follower with five plus power in hand. Mm. So you could create a, you could, you could attack with a five plus power unit. Uh, it dies. You create another one in hand. Uh, and you already rallied, mana. so you can play it and attack with it. Yeah. Yeah, if you have enough mana, you can play it and, and rally and attack with it again. Or, but you're continuing, and, it, and you'll get another one if that one dies. You're just continuing to create procs for both of them as they're working together uh, with the other four board spaces that you've got. So I think it's an interesting um, just to just play high value units in, with less board space. Might yeah, be able to make it work. Yeah, the other one is the Windswept Hillock. This is a five mana Ionian landmark. It says, when I am summoned, draw a Yasuo and stun the strongest enemy. It also reads, when you gain the attack token, stun the strongest enemy. Uh, I mean, is this the card that we've needed to make Yasuo work? We've asked for a Yasuo boat. We got a Yasuo boat in, in the form of a, a house on a on a hill. Um, you know, this is going to draw you your Yasuo to hand. This is going to guarantee that you're going to get it. You can get multiple of these down and stun multiple strongest enemies. This is also enabling Yasuo by, you know, giving you a multitude of, of, of stuns. And this consistently keeps stunning stuff for you, which is really strong. One of the negatives of stun is it's typically just like a straight up, like you, you're not gaining cards. You're not gaining tempo. You're just freezing the game. And uh, the, the Yasuo combo typically is not enough to benefit from that but this doesn't just strictly freeze the game because it stays on the board as long as your opponent doesn't run landmark destruction it continues to stun something every single round you know you get your yasuo down he starts killing something every single round um without you having to expend any more mana to keep stunning things which i think is pretty good it's so hard to determine and and we're like we're like full-on hot take because i have not watched any streamer's opinion about any of these so yeah. this card could be absolute garbage, and I don't know it, but I like it. And, and it's the cheapest boat, I think, that we have, right? All of the other boats, which are, like, literally pretty much boats other than the Shen giant boat, walking island boat, uh, <laughs> are – they're all more expensive, right? I think the cheapest one is MFs, which has never seen play, which the is like a 3-7. The Siren. Yeah. The Siren. Yeah, yeah, I think the rest of them are, are, are rather expensive like that. Um, 
Yeah, the windswept hillock, I think it's interesting. The fact that it does something when you actually play it, it does stun the strongest enemy. It's not like, oh, stun the weakest enemy. It would be really garbage if it was that. Five cost to do, to just to stun something is interesting. I don't know if it's too slow is going to be the only question. Um, but the windswept yeah. hillock, I mean, it, the fact that it's going to draw you a Yasuo is it's card draw, it's, it's stall, and it's going to continue to. It's very, very intriguing. I don't know. I think it's an okay card. I really do. Um, especially if it's yeah. helping you complete towards his level up as well. I mean, it's two stuns within a half a round, essentially. Um, yeah. That's a, it's a good, it's 40% of his, of his level up. It's pretty good um, with for that. And you assume you've already got a couple stuns off and you can get more off. I, I like it. I, I think the, uh, you could try to play this with some rally, so that way, every time you gain the attacking the attack token off of a like or off of a rally, it will stun something again. Um, so you could try to play this with some, with some rally, maybe like a an Ionia, and um, I don't know, maybe some yeah. Demacia in there. Like you can, I think I think it's fine. I think we'll see. I'm definitely going to test it and play around with it. Yeah. Well, I'm going to jump us ahead a little bit just for the sake of time. There is some other sure, additional ahead. cards that kind of got leaked, or not leaked, but put out uh, in between these next couple. We're going to jump ahead to Gwen in a moment. There's one other card I wanted to make sure that we addressed between here and there. And if, if I'm missing something you think is really important, we can we can go back to it. But it's this scavenged camo cloaker, which is a three-mana burst spell from PNZ that reads, uh, Grant an ally elusive and nexus strike, draw one. Um, I mean, this card's kind of bonkers too, right? Three mana burst, grant elusive, and the ability to draw. Um, uh, I, I, am I am I wrong about that? Like, I don't know that this is as good as supercharge, but this is a good card. Yeah, I, I think it's. Anyway. No, I think it's. I think it's a a pretty pretty decent card. Um, I think it's flexible enough that I think you'll. I think it'll definitely see play. I mean, granting an ally elusive and nexus strike draw one it's burst so you can open swing with something that doesn't already yeah or you can burst. respond to your opponent who, who clears something but you still want to get something out of it so you can throw this on somebody who was unblocked it's grant so it's sticking around like none of this stuff is going anywhere right um, so just so just throw it on a high a high health unit that can help clear some things and then you can turn around and attack and start drawing cards i think this is a great card to um, like I said, I think I said it in the chat when this card came out. I think it's a great card with TF. Um, there's already several decks that run P and Z and, and Bilgewater with TF. I see this fitting right in. You could yeah. throw this, you could even throw this on TF to give him elusive so that way when he's next to strike drawing one. Um, maybe it's also like pseudo protection for him. Mm hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Well, I tell you what, let's talk about uh, Shadow Isles and Gwen. Do you want to tell us about Hollowed, and then I'll uh, I'll dive into the card Gwen itself? would love to. So Hallowed, the Hallowed keyword is the other one of, uh, opposite Evolve that we are getting. Uh, it kind of pairs the Gwen's package, so it says, Hallowed, after I die for the rest of the game, when you commit an attack, Hallow your first attacker, giving it plus one, plus zero that round. This affects stacks depending on how many Hallowed units have died this game. So Hallowed is a keyword that appears on several 
uh, units and the champion of Gwen. So every time one of your hallowed units dies, or uh, then you'll see a little plus one go to on top of your deck, almost as like a stat counter. So every time you commit an attack from there on forward, wherever whatever the most the leftmost positioned unit is you have, whether it has hallowed or not, will gain a plus whatever attack bonus based on how many hallowed units you had that have died so far allied um, hallowed units that have died this game. So mm. if, if you've got a three, a three, six unit and you've and four units of yours that have died that are hallowed, that becomes a seven, six, uh, whatever the first unit is that, you, that you've got. Uh, and it is, uh, it's, it's, the rest of the game, this effect stacks, giving it it doesn't seem to be going away i don't it's not like for the rest and for the rest of the round i think it's just permanent hmm. that's the point well, that i was trying to think about is it's just give giving it plus one oh no it's just giving it giving it plus one plus zero that round that's good that it goes away because if it was permanent yeah. that would be bonkers yeah so i don't i don't think it's a grant ability i i think it no, literally for the turn that you attacked you basically get plus one attack for each creature that has died throughout your throughout the game with hallowed um, on your side of the board, and but that if would give it. Rally, to the, it yeah, does if do you, it again. Yeah, if you rallied, it would do it again, and it's going to give it to your leftmost attacker. It's going to say the one that you attack with first, which is going to be your leftmost attacker. Um, you know, it does create a bit of like a. Uh, it's good. It creates a bit of like a. Uh, inevitability with some ephemeral stuff, which is what Gwen wants to work with. So Gwen is a four mana, three, four. So not huge stats, but she is going to go up by plus one, plus one when she levels up. She has quick attack and hallowed. So, okay, there you got the hallowed. She says attack when another ally gains power from hallowed. So do I, and then drain two from the enemy nexus. So when you attack what I'm reading here, when you when she attacks, she drains you from the enemy nexus. That's something yeah. that's going to go out, right? That's going to happen. Um, and then, if you have something else that's gaining attack from Hallowed, you're going to double that by also getting it on her. Once I have dealt 10 plus damage, Gwen says she'll level up. And now she reads, attack, same same stuff, plus one, plus one, four mana, four, five, quick attack, Hallowed, attack. When another allied, uh, what? Yeah, when another ally gains power from Hallowed, so do I. And then drain one from the enemy nexus one time for every two power I have. Um, I really love this. Now, there's a whole bunch of other Hallowed stuff. You know, there's a four mana, three, three with Hallowed and Lifesteal. There's a two mana, three, one with Hallowed and Fearsome. There's a, a one mana, two, one with Hallowed. There's a one mana, two, one with Hallowed and Ephemeral, which is a, a gust me hand, but that I think that comes from her spell, maybe three mana slow spell. Uh, no, she has Thread the Needle. She has Thread the Needle. Uh, just yeah, strike up the band. That that just gives you two one mana two ones with, with Emerald Hallow. Unlike Kaisa, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. Unlike Kaisa, you're going to run all of the Hallowed package with Gwen, right? What I like is Gwen in in uh, LOL. Uh, the way that she plays, she kind of is this top lane bully, um, where she's gonna jump in on you with her giant ephemeral scissors. She's going to be attacking you, but she does a lot of life draining and giving herself life back that enables her to sort of tank. Um, and then she doesn't look like she's going to be a tank. That's largely how she plays, kind of a top lane bruiser almost. And mm -hmm. I really like that they pulled that through this with this drain ability. Um, and I think, that's, I think that's really cool for Shadow Isles because we don't really have a champion 
we have two cards. We have one card that really does that, right? We have the one card that when something dies, it deals damage to the opponent's nexus. And we have one five mana, two, four, I think, that when something dies on your board, you drain one from the enemy's nexus. Um, we also have the dragon that when it kills something, it drains it one from the enemy dragon. nexus. Yeah, yeah Kimberlian dragon. So there, there is some piece of that that's been lived out in side of Runeterra with Shadow Isles where you're sort of draining your opponent's life and regaining life. I think that's all very, very cool. Um, and I love that we now have a champion that sort of doubles down on that because I just sort of love the idea of it's like, I like the idea of playing Shadow Isles where it's sapping life from your opponent, right? You're sapping life from your opponent. I personally think that's pretty cool. Um, I don't know exactly where Gwen fits. I think there's a lot of places that Gwen could fit. I don't know exactly where Gwen fits. Um, and she kind of reminds me a little bit of a Lowie in the last set where it was like, oh, yeah, she's not really necessarily forced into any particular combination. Um, but she could be strong, theoretically, on her own. I, I kind of wonder if she'll fall for the same trap that a Lowie did, which was she just doesn't. She could be good. She just doesn't have the tools that she needs to be good, um, which could definitely happen here. Despite the fact that Hallowed seems cool, you're not going to get a lot of them in your deck, right? There's only four cards plus Gwen, five, unless you're summoning stuff differently, like five Hallowed cards. There's just not a ton of it um, to actually enable her well. So that, that's my real pause with her is like, how good could she really be if you drop her and you, you've only done like, one or two hallows throughout the game so far um where and they have to die too so it's like you can't just have them on the board those those hallows have to have died um leading up to the turn so yeah well, i don't know what, what are your thoughts on gwen well and my thing is is that um I, I what i really like about gwen is that she's immediate value with she's got quick attacks she's got a little bit of the ability to keep herself alive i mean she's a four cost three four we've seen that stat line similar to like a kindred, like it can struggle to kind of stay alive a little bit, but she doesn't care if she does, right? Because she's going to give that hallowed bonus to everything. And you could always pull another copy of her or resummon her or something like that. But the hallowed stuff works whether she comes down or not. But then it really goes off when she comes down and she's like leveled or there's a lot of bonuses on her, which helps her level anyway. Um, I think her assisting package is much better than let's say Kaisa's is as as it pertains to assisting Gwen. Um, you like all of these cards. You want to play all of these cards because you want that hallowed bonus to it. And it's not hard for them to die. You are able to stall the game out because you don't mind trading. Like that's the whole goal. And I think a lot of why Shadow Wiles excels in different formats and different uh, ideas is that you are able to get value while also losing board presence. And board presence is almost mandatory in almost every other archetype there is in this game. But this wants you to be able to sacrifice them and be able to get value from that. I mean, you're gonna get, um, I mean, you can always create two copies in hand of allied followers that have died this game for a formal invitation. Like that's a three mana burst spell of additional yeah, that's a good card draw value. So, like, that's a great card with this Eternal Dancers, summoning an ephemeral copy of a Strongest Dead Ally, other than Eternal Dancers with uh, my power or less. Most likely, if you're playing other Hallowed units, it might be that. Like, it might be a Hallowed unit that you've already drawn into the game furthering that. 
Her package is very supportive. I love the drain. I actually can very much see a aggressive deck that an aggro deck where Gwen is in there and she's putting additional pressure on there and you're worried, you're worried about resummoning other units. Maybe you run a couple high-end units that have overwhelm on them. So you, you run a lot of low-cost hallowed units and get that stacking bonus by them dying. But by going wider than them in the early game, punching some damage in, Gwen does a little bit of additional damage. And then you start playing some overwhelm units or some just a high attack units at the end that really punch in that extra damage. One card you forgot that also drains and synergizes very well in a similar way with Gwen is Doom Beast. Hmm. Yeah. With the, the, the Nightfall yeah. Drain 2 card um, yep. that's in that's in Shadow Isles. So not even that, cards that are outside of Gwen, the, I'm going to say it again, kill me if you want to, Miss Call is great. If you can pull it off <laughs> you, with you any of the Hallow cards, off, love Miss Call. But even like the um, the the scripture, whatever it is, there's a there's a three cost. He doesn't get played really ever. You think he's been there since like the beginning of the game, but he's a he's a Shadow Isles card. Uh, that's like a three cost three two, I believe that like when he pulls back a unit into your hand that's died this game. That card doesn't really seem like the Scribe of Sorrows. When I'm summoned for uh-huh. a copy in hand of an ally that died this game, you pull another Hallowed unit right back into it. Yeah. Yeah. And it says ally. You could pull another Gwen. Sure. Like, so I just think there's a lot of synergy in Shadow Isles. Once again, with Gwen's package, she's flexible. She can be aggro. She can stall out. She can close out games. I love the animation on the scissors when she attacks. It's really really cool might be one of my favorite in the game uh yeah no the 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 animations with gwen is quite cool her card art is fantastic i love the aesthetic of uh of all of the stuff uh boisterous host might be the most annoying looking one but a lot of the aesthetic of of you know the masked the masquerade dolls type of look is really mm-hmm. is really quite cool and it gives an entirely different look and flavor that's unique to gwen in shadow isles that's unlike anything else that we see when we normally have all of the Spectre stuff uh, that we typically have in Shadow Isles. So I'm in 100% on that. Um, I think, I'd, once again, my reservation with Gwen is, will she fall the Alawi trap and simply not have enough tools to enable her? Hopefully she has enough additional synergies that you can find in Shadow Isles that, um, you know, even without having a, a high count of hollowed cards in your deck, that, you know, she'll still work. Um you know, there's, there's so, so, I always get into these things and I'm like, there's not that many cards. It's probably fine. And then there's so many. I, I suspect that between here and the last champion that we want to have a conversation about, you probably, do you want to talk about, is there a specific card you want to talk about? My guess would be you don't want to pass up Rite of Passage. But I, I could, could be wrong about that. I can't. That. I can't yeah. pass up Rite of Passage. It's such a cool card and I think it's going to be pretty great. Um, two, mana, two mana focus speed spell for Sharima. That says manifest an allied landmark that has been destroyed this game and summon it. So it's focus speed. You not only get to manifest, aka choose from three different uh, allied landmarks that you've played that, you, that have been destroyed this game. Now that may not have been that many, but in that case, it, you're probably playing landmarks in your deck that are that are synergistic, and you really don't care if you see one or you see three because you're going to pull something back. 
And if you've only played one landmark in your deck, that are you've only played one landmark or two landmarks that have been destroyed, you know that you can pull it back. Um, you mm-hmm. know what you're pulling back. It's really not that hard to keep track of it. Um, Obviously, it works pretty with, well with time bombs, right? It works well with time bombs. I mean, you see Zillion on the on the cover of it, so like you can surmise that um, maybe that they're leaning towards this being like I don't know that they're leaning toward this being a a landmark card for 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 Zillion, but I don't think that's really where I'm going. I mean the. The sarcophagus that's created from endless devout. You could go that. You could go chamber of renewal. The uh, the three cost when you summon a champion, destroy me to grant it plus two plus one and spell shield. So like you can resummit that, odd at focus speed and then play a champion and they immediately get spell shield and a huge buff. Um, mm-hmm. It's and there's nothing your opponent can do to counter it because it's focus speed and then playing a unit. Um, you can resummon your sun disc if you want to. If your sun disc gets countered. Yeah, I mean, your sun disc, I think that's probably the worst case scenario for it. Sun disc gets reset then and so off. And if you can't get sun disc combo off early enough, you can't win. You're probably never wanting to resummon sun disc. I, I mean, it's obviously a very easy level up tool for Zillion. Like, very easy because you, you he only has to see two time bones go up. You get one of them, predict, find one of them, you play this, you get it back, you play it, you know, it goes off again. Really easy way to level up Zillion. Uh, I, I, I'm even looking at like, okay, can I fit this into a, can I find some way to combine Sharina with Frail Yord and get a Howling Abyss deck going? Um, you know, where, where you know, I even, because the really interesting thing is you're paying two mana for it, right? So manifest an allied landmark that has been destroyed this game and summon it. The interesting thing is that what you're, you, what you're not doing here is you're not uh, summoning an allied landmark that has countdown because it could be anything. And so you could get something like Howling Abyss on the board, and you could kill your Howling Abyss with, say, something like uh, I can't remember the two four that destroys an if it destroys an allied landmark, summons a bear, a rock bear, summon a rock bear, and then you could play oh, yeah, a couple of these and put out. You could destroy your own landmark with that, get your rock bear, and then summon a couple of big boy landmarks for two mana each. You know, can you imagine getting a couple Howling Abyss? Is it two mana a pop? Um, that seems pretty good. Um, plus, you get yeah. your bear. Um, so it does give you a way to kind of duplicate some of those. Um, I, honestly, I think it is just a shoe in probably in like a Talia deck as well. I think there's a lot yeah. of landmarks in Talia decks that you wouldn't mind. If this said manifest a landmark that has been destroyed this game and put it in your hand, this card is not good. But the the play it allowing you to anything that lets you cheat mana in any card game, and I've said this on the show a billion times, you have to keep an eye on anything that lets you cheat mana in a card game anything yeah i mean raven bloom conservatory like if you play one and you play a bunch of like scales or like fast spells and all that and you summon another one it's automatically going to count down however many ticks it was for how many spells and skills you played so you might if you played enough it will either proc in one turn or you might just proc immediately and just basically it's two mana focus speed put a tie ball in hand like that's another combination that could could work with this um i was curious to see if uh ancient hourglass with this will obliterate see it's obliterate well a brilliant ally to summon a stasis statue in place with an ally stored inside summon an exact copy of the units and landmarks stored inside i wonder whether 
a you could pull a stasis statue that contained a unit and if you manifested that stasis statue if it still contains that unit uh that's hard to say I, I think it said if you would manifest an exact copy of an allied landmark that's been destroyed this game and summon it, that you could. I suspect that if that happened, you would get a stasis statue that would drop with nothing in it. That's my guess. That's I don't know that for sure. The, that's probably it. I mean, it would require a little bit of science. We haven't, I'm, obviously I haven't had my hands on the cards, but that's my guess that you, it just you would just get a stasis statue that's sitting on the board that would blow up next round that would have nothing in it. But it would be cool if you could, like, stasis statue your, you know, your Talia or whatever or, or whomever, and then later you're able to get more copies of it with this rite of passage because you go back and get your stasis statue. That's what I'm, the question would be, that's what I'm like, if you, if you stasis statued two different champions and then you got the manifest, how would you know which champion is in which statue? Uh, so that's why I suspect that this would just give you an empty landmark because the stasis statue has to come into play from your hand to target something and destroy it. And this, it wouldn't get the opportunity to do that, right? Because it would just summon it straight to the board. You're not playing the stasis statue itself or the card that summons the stasis statue. So yeah. uh, I, I would suspect that's not going to work. Um, what do you say? You ready to talk about? We've been we've been recording for a little over an hour. You ready to talk about the last champion and dive into Evelyn? I would like to real quick just to highlight two cards uh, that are yeah. in um, some of the other follower stuff real quick that I lead up to lead up to Evelyn. Um, I'll make it quick. Two mana burst speed spell from Bilgewater called Squindle. Manifest a non-champion card from the opponent's hand. Plunder one. Plunder I cost one less. It would be a one mana burst spell. That card is really interesting and might be very annoying because it does manifest a non-champion card from the opponent's hand. You will get to see up to three cards from your Yeah, that card's actually because, really strong. Because all three of them have to be in, in their hand in order for you to be able to like choose one to manifest. So you are going to get to see three non-champion cards in their hand. And maybe if they've got three cards and you only see two manifest options, you also know they have a champion. So it's it's pretty interesting and pretty telling if you can use it in the right ways. Um, the other one I wanted to to highlight is Salvaged Scrap, which is a two-minute burst speed spell from PNZ to play. Discard up to two cards. Create that many followers from your regions that cost one more and reduce their cost by one. So um, if you have a three a three cost unit and a five cost unit, you'll summon or you'll create a four cost unit and a six cost unit in your hand that cost three and five so mm -hmm. um there's there's some mana cheating there but also some card generation you'll probably discarding stuff in your deck that gets a benefit from free from being discarded so this is a big enabler card that also helps uh discard decks keep going and get value as long as the uh the cards that get pulled aren't aren't horrible they aren't, aren't they aren't horrible followers so uh, i think that was just another really creative and cool card that i think is going to fit in some discard I think it's one of the things that's interesting to me about the set of cards is how many sort of inexpensive burst speed or focus speed spells that we got because we got supercharge um, for uh, Sharima. We got cracking ice for frail yord. Um, we got uh, the the blessing card that grant an ally plus one plus two and remove all negative keywords from it for uh uh, for Targan, we got the PNZ one that gives uh, grants elusive. We got the formal invitation. 
um, or Shadow Isles. Uh, we got a second, you know, burst speed or focus speed spell uh, or Sharima in the Rite of Passage card. Um, and then, like you said, we just pick up Salvage Scrap, a second one for PNZ. We got the Swindle uh, that we picked up for um, Bilgewater. And uh, I just, I think it's interesting sort of how many um, focus speed or burst speed cheap and seemingly pretty strong spells that we're getting in this set. It's almost as though they want some of the, you know, none of them I'm looking at and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is, you know, the power level of original Pale Cascade, right? With the exception of potentially Supercharge. Um, you know, original right. Pale Cascade was like bonkers. Um, but I do think it's kind of cool. That it just seems like, over this whole set, more than the champions that are coming out, more than the new keywords, which we don't need any more keywords probably, but more than all of that, the thing that I think is unique about this set is the number of cheap burst and focus speed spells that they're putting into the game. Um, you know, Moral supports four costs. That one's an Ionia one, um, but he costs two less if, if you've supported an ally this game and you can give out barrier, which is also strong. You know, it's a two mana burst barrier, which is which is super, super good. Um, if you, you know, if you supported somebody, giving Shen a little bit more love. Um, so yeah, interesting stuff. Evelyn has no new keyword, but she is a new Runeterra champion and she has an origin Agony's Embrace. So if you put her in your deck, you will be able to use Agony's Embrace, which allows you to put cards in your deck that summon husks, which I'll talk about in just a moment. And as you can imagine, uh, Evelyn is, you know, similar to Bard in that way. It's not a huge change to deck building. It just basically says, hey, cards that synergize with me, you can put them in my deck no matter where they come from. And the husks are really interesting. Pretty much everything summons a random husk whenever you play it. Things like a 2-mana 1-3 that summons a random husk, a 3-mana three 3-2 three that summons a random husk, a 6-mana six 6-5 six with Scout that summons a random husk. None of them are overly that exciting that, like, summon the husks. Um, but all of the husks are very simple. There's one for each region, and each one of them are going to give, they're going to be the same. They're going to be a one mana zero one that cannot attack or block. They're going to have a keyword that is associated with their region. And then they're all going to read, when you play an ally, kill me to grant it my stats and positive keywords. So if you can buff these things, great. If you can't, you know, you're playing a, uh, the next thing you play is going to get a plus zero plus one in whatever keyword is on it. So the Shereman one, is going to give you Spell Shield. The Targon one is going to give you Fury. The Failure one is going to give you Regen, which is probably the worst. The Noxus one, interestingly enough, is going to give you Challenger, which I would have expected from Demacia. The Ionian one is going to give you Elusive, which is broken, and why did you do it? The, <laughs> the Demacia <laughs> one is going to give you Toughness. Um, and then uh, we are going to get Overwhelmed, but that's going to be from Bilgewater, which is even weirder to me why Bilgewater gives Overwhelm when, and not Challenger, it's just strange. Um, and then uh, the, uh, the, the Yurtle one, right, the Bandle City one, is going to give you Impact. And lastly, PNZ is going to give you uh, First Strike or Quick Attack. Um, always get those confused between other games. So then Evelyn herself, whew, four mana, zero five. Terrible in, until you read her. Um, when I'm summoned, summon a random husk. Okay. When you or an ally kill an allied husk, give me its positive keywords this round, and I level up. She's very easy to level up, right? Very. If you have a husk on the board and you play her, she's leveling. 
And in that case, she's a four mana five five, not a you know, zero five five five. Um, and when you kill an ally or husk, you, you give it the positive keywords and then round end, summon a random husk. Um, if fewer than six allies have died this game, transform me back into normal Evelyn, which means you're going to have to kill another husk to level her up. So she's one of the second champions that can kind of go back and forth, um, but obviously very easy to level up and very easy to level back up because your deck is going to be summoning husks like crazy probably, um, or you're going to be trying to. Evelyn summons them herself. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm kind of curious because I have not been able to figure out how I gauge Evelyn. Um, Gibby, what are your initial thoughts on her and her package? It's certainly interesting. Um, her artwork is is great. This is the first character that's been uh, very scantily dressed, although her level up art isn't that way. I know I asked you a question and kept talking. I'm sorry about that. Um, <laughs> it's like yeah, I asked you a question and then, and then I just kept rambling. Um, so I'm, I'm, oh yeah, I'm going to let you go, but yeah, that uh, I just had a couple thoughts on her, but go ahead. I think that she is a great anti, I think she's a great anti aggro champ. Um, a lot of her additional, a lot of her early game cards, um, she's got a two drop, a three drop, two, three, she's got a two drop, two, three drops, uh, a four drop, a five drop and a six and drop. And and a six drop that all summon husks, and then she and then she also summons husks. And there's some other different ways to do that, do it as well. I mean, there's some there's some spells like things that summon husks. Um, but I think that she is going to be a great anti aggro champion. But if you get any of those uh, units down, you don't mind sacrificing them uh, because or to for early game blocks because you're probably going to play another on curve unit behind it. That's going to absorb the husk, be above uh, curve in terms of power. Also summon another husk. So as you continue to curve well, almost like as a mid-game, uh, or a, a, I'll say a yeah, mid-game mid or um, not aggro, not control um, deck, I think this is going to do very well. You'll start to outvalue your opponents on turn three and four and five, even two at that point, maybe, which... I think is kind of where Rune Terror games are either won or lost in, at times. Um, if you sometimes you just if you don't have anything to play in hand, you get blown out. That's okay. Or if your opponent hits the nuts. But this is this is a this is a champion in a package that wants to be able to have board presence. It can do that very very well, and this also has good built-in stats built into it. I think her level up is going to be very easy to obtain. Um, Absolutely. Quite, uh, quite often, uh, I mean, re reading her, when you are an ally, kill an allied husk, give me its positive keywords this round. So, like, summon a random husk, if fewer than six allies have died this game, transform back into Elwood. Like, you're going to kill six units easily. Yeah, it's, maybe not by turn four, but pretty soon thereafter. Well, if depending on what you end up playing, if you play ephemeral stuff or if you play husks, I mean, You've got Blight Caretaker that is would if you played a Blight Caretaker to kill a unit or even kill a husk, then Blight Caretaker will count that one unit and then go through the other um saplings. Yeah. Oh would, yeah. Would uh count as another two. They're halfway to her level up there. She's gonna summon I don't I think she by the maybe the second or third evolution. Maybe if I turned five or six, she would be leveled. She would probably level on four. I think you're right. But 
at that point. Well, she would she level. She would just unlevel. She would level. She would just unlevel, right? Right. But I think I think by the second evolution of her leveling, I think that's where um, she would probably stay level. A card that's really interesting with this because it would help her be able to like block and then come back and be able to keep healthy. But I really doubt it's the direction that it would go in. Is Chief Nakatak because it's technically a transform card. So every time she would transform into her level up version and then come back, um, she would continue to gain plus one plus one and she'd get stronger and stronger and keep those stats. So I think that's maybe an interesting little combination I'm going to try to make work, but. Um, I'm not super impressed with the stats and some of the abilities on her her level up or her her follower package, but um, they all summon husk, which is the most important part. I'm curious, would Chief would the Chief work with that? Mm-hmm. Um, She's a transform unit. I yeah, I guess she is because transform isn't a keyword technically, right? No. Uh, yeah, yeah, you're right because Black Rose Spy is technically a transform unit. Um, I get I, as I just look for transform. I guess technically Scion is a transform unit as well in some way. Um, so I guess Anivia kind of is too. So I, I I don't know exactly which ones are transform units and which ones aren't. Just be, how it would work. Uh, I'm curious to see if if the chief would. I mean, chief was obviously meant to work with like the things that you ding the opponent's face and then transform. But uh, yeah, if if chief worked with this, it could be interesting. I do think that there's probably going to be an optimal champion to play Evelyn with. Um, but she's not she's not necessarily bad on her own, and the husks aren't bad on their own, right? Like if if you get out uh, a, a husk that's going to give you uh, elusive, and then you play her, like. You know, when you kill an ally or an allied husk, like, you you level up. Like, yeah, yeah, this round and you level up. So, yeah, if, if you just, like, you play this, she kills the elusive one. She becomes a 5-5 five, five with elusive on 4. Even if that's only for a round, you could theoretically play her in a pretty aggressive list. But you have to get the elusive one. That's the hard part, not being 100% sure, um, you know, exactly, you know, which which t- which keyword she's going to get but if she gets elusive if she gets quick attack if she gets and those husks grant it right now if you give the the keyword to something else evelyn's going to get it until the end of the turn but if you actually give her the keyword through the husk like the spell shield one it will grant her that so she gets even you know she gets even stronger from that um uh i don't know i i like the husks um it, it's it, I think it's balanced because you can't main deck them and because uh, they are random. Like, there's no way to guarantee that you're going to get the husk that you want. Um, And I think that does make it good. And there's not a ton of cards that generate them. So, like, you're going to need all of these cards for the most part. Like, you're going to want to run most of them. Yeah, you're going to want to run most of them. At least maybe the two Shadow Isles ones, I'm thinking. Um, I I think you're going to at least want those two. And I've seen some people saying, like, you know, uh, Von Yip, Professor Von Yip or whatever, or is that is that who it was? I don't know. Yeah. It, it's it's the one that gives your one drops plus two plus two because these husks do give their their uh, health and attack, too. So technically, if Evelyn comes in, she plays, she would be a four mana, you know, five, six with elusive on four, which is insane if you get the elusive husk down. Um, so... All of these know. units are also summoned units too. Or like up, when I summon, I summon a random husk. So 
Chronicler of Ruin on four, because you have a lot of two and three. Chronicler of Ruin on four would resummon these units and also resummon another husk too. Yep. So there, so there is, there's a lot of recursion here too. Yeah, I, I do think that playing her with Shadow Isles may work. It's interesting because I could theoretically see Evelyn being played with Gwen. Um, I could also see Evelyn being played with Kaisa, um, potentially. Uh, I could also see Evelyn just being played kind of maybe not by herself, but she could probably merge in with a lot of the champions in Shadow Isles that are going to resummon stuff back. Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know that she would be played with like a Thresh or something. It's kind of hard I'll to say. with like, Callista. Yeah, yeah. I think she would play fine with Callista. I think there are some Noxus champions that are aggressive that she would probably play fine with as well. That, you know, hey, I don't mind getting an extra health and uh you know overwhelm on my dare on my uh draven so sure I, I don't mind the husk coming down and giving me that there's gonna be some other champions that you just don't mind i don't think the i don't think the end the end game is gonna be really super buffing the husks and then getting huge stats on creatures that way i don't think that's gonna be it um i think that'll be a meme i think that the way you're gonna play it is just get them out there so you can put new keywords on on the other things that you're playing and, and give them a bonus health um I think will be really quite good. We'll just have to see. It's like so hard to know how this stuff is going to play out until you see it. There's some of these things that summon husks are understated. Um, and so it's just hard to know, you know how, how good are they really going to be until we get a chance to actually get our hands on them. Last question. And then we got to go. What is, uh, what's the first deck you think you're going to make? Like if, if you had to pick, what are you going to jump in with first? First deck I'm probably going to make is probably going to be I probably am going to make Evelyn Callista. I think that's okay. going to be the first deck I make. Um I also truthfully and I'll make it quick. I also really want to toy around with Gwen and her package too, so I might find some places uh to be able to to throw Gwen in in a pretty sweet deck and, and maybe make an aggro Gwen list. Okay. Okay. I think maybe one of the first decks that I'm going to make is not even fun. It's probably going to be Akshan Lee with Supercharger. Yeah, um, yeah, just because of how busted it is. Uh, but I think beyond that, I am I am genuinely excited to experiment with all three of these champions. I love their aesthetic. Um, I think that I think honestly, Evelyn might be the most interesting one to me out of the three. Um, and I didn't expect that to be true. I thought it was going to be Kaisa. But I think Evelyn's the most interesting one of the three. And I see myself potentially running like an Evelyn solo list or trying to find, you know, something that would be cool to support her with. I'm not exactly sure what that's going to look like yet, but I think that Evelyn will probably be the first car, the first champ that I'm going to experiment with whenever I get my hands on the new cards. So pumped for that. Pumped for that. Last, out, last outside the box decks I'm going to make, I'm probably going to make Gwen Fizz and see if that works because Fizz gaining all of the attack as an elusive unit is really, really interesting. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, no, that could be that could be interesting too. Yeah, giving Fizz all of the all of the hallowed attacks. Okay. Well, hey, there's some outside the box ideas. There's a full episode giving you our hot takes before we've gotten our hands on the cards or watched anything about them. Let us know what you think over in Discord. Tell us what you think. Join the Discord League as well. Leave us a rating and review wherever you listen to podcasts. It helps people find the show. Thank you so much for tuning in. We do appreciate all of the listeners who still faithfully listen to the show whenever we release episodes. We do enjoy getting on and chatting about new cards, especially when there's 
you know, new exciting stuff going on in the game. That's going to do it for this episode, guys. Be sure to come back again for our next episode. Thanks for listening to Legends Cast. This episode was brought to you by listeners like you. Don't forget to join our Discord community and support us by leaving us a rating and review wherever it is that you listen to podcasts. A special thanks goes out to all of our Patreon supporters over at patreon.com slash legendscast.